Welcome to Life After Business, the podcast, where I bring you the information you need to exit your company and explore what life can be like on the other side. This is Ryan Tansom, your host, and this is episode one. Welcome back to Life After Business, the podcast. This is Ryan Tansom, your host, and today we're going to be talking about triggering events and as they relate to you and your business and the eventual exit that you have from your business. So you're probably wondering, what is a triggering event and what does that have to do with me? A triggering event is something that happens to you that alters the way that you perceive yourself and your business and leads to the ultimate sale of your company. Most triggering events that are associated with businesses are unexpected and unpredictable as far as where they're going to come from. They can either come from the personal side or from the business environment and either side of them are just as important and they have just as much weight and impact on your reality. Think about all the things that can happen to you that would impact whether or not you want to be in business. The personal list is very long and usually happens very unexpectedly. Divorce, death, disability, family issues, child issues, boredom, being burnt out, just not engaged, the passion is gone. The flame that drove you and your motivation to start the business disappears without any rhyme or reason. How about all the business climate or the business environment situations that could impact your decision of sticking with it or not? Hyper competition, reduction in margin, employee issues, staffing issues, financial, operational inefficiencies that cause tension with vendors, with partners, with the bank, or you got an unexpected offer that you just can't refuse, and the list goes on. So there's all these different factors, whether they're personal or business, that could happen at any given moment. And when that happens, it alters your reality as a business owner because you go from the survival mode of the grind and growing the business and really focusing 100% of your attention on the business to this reality shift of now what do I want to do? Is this actually what I want to be doing all day long? And this business, where what's the next stage? And all of a sudden you become elevated above the weeds into asking a little bit more of the hypothetical questions as it relates to your business as a whole. So why are these triggering events so unexpected? Well, if you're like me, as a business owner, you wake up with crazy fire within, the passion that drives you to bounce out of bed and race to work or to get to the quote unquote, I've made it stage of the business. And it's hard to figure out when you actually get there because as an entrepreneur, every time you accomplish those milestones that you put in front of yourself, by the time you accomplish them, they seem like they should have always happened and it was almost a given. But when you're looking ahead, it's difficult to see how fast you're gonna hit those milestones. Out of all the things that you're planning and preparing and strategizing about, little of them are for yourself because as a business owner, you're always neglecting yourself first, right? You're always looking at your employees, your family, your growth, your investors, your vendors, all the people that come ahead of yourself. And the true definition of unexpected is the lack of a plan or foresight. As Bo says in Finish Big, the biggest key to success is knowing who you are, what you want from your business, and why. There was a quote that I heard uh, recently in one of the books that I had listened to, and I can't remember which one it was, but they said that Google Maps is one of the most powerful tools on the planet. 
But if you don't know what your point B is, it's the most useless tool on the planet. So if you think about how important it is to know where you're going and what the roads are that are gonna take you there and then what the vehicle is and all the different variables that go into getting you to that second pin mark, business owners haven't done that for themselves as far as their life plan, as far as what they want from their business and as far as what they want for themselves afterwards because they got their head down and you know how it, how it works. I mean, you're thinking about business 24-7. It's your life. It's your identity. So to acknowledge that at some point it too shall pass is a struggle. What I want to emphasize is how important it is to actually have this awareness. The studies show, and Bo Burlingham and Finish Big, I reiterate, says that 50% of business owners are unhappy or dissatisfied after the sale of their business, regardless of the financial outcome. That means that one out of two of you guys as listeners will not be satisfied with everything that you did in your business afterwards. And that is just too high of a risk to run when you have put so much time, money, resources, and blood, sweat, and tears into building this business to flip a coin and gamble on whether you're going to be proud and happy about what you accomplished. You're probably sitting there listening going, well, I'm happy right now. I love what I'm doing. I love my job, love my company, love my employees. Why would I ever be unhappy? Well, there's a reason that 50% of the people walk away dissatisfied. It's because of certain steps that were not taken prior to that triggering event. And then after that event happens, how the whole process proceeded that results in that 50%. And the biggest thing that you can do to increase your success is to know who you are, what you want from your business, and why. It's knowing what that point B is for you and your life, not necessarily for the business. As an entrepreneur, yes, you know where you need to go and where you need to, what you need to do tomorrow to progress your business forward. But when that business is no longer the main focal point of your identity and of your life, then there's going to be a lot of white noise and a lot of void that you're going to have to sit down and reflect in the mirror and say to yourself, what is it that is now driving me? So what are some of the outcomes of not being prepared for that triggering event? And how do people end up in that 50% dissatisfied or unhappy ex-business owners? Have you ever tried to negotiate with someone that doesn't know how much their product or service is worth or when or how they want to sell it or to who? It's very difficult because you can't pin them down. It's like pinning jelly to a tree. So you as a business owner, if you don't know the answer to a host of different questions, how are you going to be able to handle that event as it happens? Business owners then all of a sudden want to just get her done. Let's just move on with this. Let's progress. Let's quantify where we're at, put the steps in order, and then accomplish it. But the really serious factors that affect whether or not you're going to be happy afterwards take more reflection and more time than to just to quickly hammer something out after that triggering event happens. So if something personal happens and you have to sell under a time constraint or an offer comes to the table and you need to know right now or within the next week whether you're gonna accept it or not, there's not enough time in that stressed out or pressure sensitive or tension sensitive situation to be able to accurately and successfully process the issues that are on hand. And some of the main issues that will affect your happiness are 
Do you know what your number is and what your number should be in order to live the lifestyle that you want? Do you know what's going to happen to your employees and how important is that to the situation on hand and who the potential buyer might be? Do you care if they, this company or this person comes in and guts your company to integrate it into their operations? Or is it important that everybody that was loyal to you over the period of your growth has a successful and stable job afterwards? Do you know what's going to happen with your operations and the product or service that you build? Is it going to be sunsetted or is it going to be you know, a, an additional comprehensive package to a different company? Who is going to be running your operations? Who's going to be running your company? Is it a different leader? What does that leader have to look like? What kind of style do they have to have? What kind of culture does the company have to have that is going to be taking over? What are the motivations over the long term of that buyer? And finally, what are you going to be doing afterwards? Are you capable of working for another person or not? Most people that I know that are entrepreneurs, it's very difficult to be an employee. I've tried it for a little while. It was a major struggle. And by the way, it's not easy or fun. So are you capable of doing that or not? And again, if you're not and you're going to be moving on at some point from your company, what is it that's going to drive you? Where are you going to get your affirmation? Because when you're in your when you're owning a business, you serve your clients, you serve your employees, you are a giver. You may not think of it like that, but you're constantly serving others and you're getting affirmation for your job and how you're leading and the strategy and creativity that you bring to the table. You know, the biggest thing that I said once I sold our business is I can no longer read a book, listen to a podcast on the way to work make a decision about how I want to tweak operations or tweak our service and then implement it by noon. That whole benefit or that that opportunity to implement strategy like that is a lot different when you're integrating with new people, new policies, new procedures. Therefore, it's so important to have the ability to reflect inwards what intrinsically what do I want as a person and what creates happiness for me outside of this business, which is my identity, which is my baby, which drives who I am. You know, when you go to the supermarket or if you're at a restaurant and someone says, what do you do? I mean, it's essentially saying, you know, who are you? And when you get to explain it's me and this is my business and this is who I am, this is how I help my clients, how I help my employees, there's so much gratitude and fulfillment that comes from that. So if you don't have that, when someone asks that question to you next time you're at the restaurant or the supermarket, what are you going to say? And are you going to be proud of it? Because not being proud of it should not be an option. You can't be the guy who once had a business. You know, for a while it was, oh yeah, I was the executive vice president. After a while, you start to feel very dated. And now these internal emotions start coming to the forefront, which is I need to figure out what next and who am I and what do I stand for? The reason that the topic of being prepared for your triggering event is so near and dear to my heart is because the triggering event that my dad and I experienced, I think was a couple different layers deep. And I think everybody, like I said, has a different type of triggering event and where it comes from. But it's so important to me because I believe that we financially maximize the sale of our business and mechanically, there's nothing that we could have done better to have a different financial outcome. However, after the whole thing was done, the emotions that we felt were very, very painful in the fact that we weren't ready to deal with it. I mean, when you've got your business that is your identity, it is who you are, it is, it is tied into your soul, and then all of a sudden it's just gone, it is an emotional roller coaster that is very difficult to describe. There's 
a sense of grievance as far as loss. You've got this baby that you built that is no longer yours. So there's all these different emotions that are just blended together. And then you just have this massive void or white space is, uh, I guess I should say this, what my dad and I experienced. And it's trying to avoid that. And that is, I believe that, you know, us two were in the 50% of the not satisfied business owners because we hadn't thought about all of these factors that would make us happy. Because you think, hey, we sold our business, we won the lottery. It's what everybody says, hey, you had this $20 million business, now you sold, now now you can retire, now, you're, now you've made it. In your head, making it means happiness. And if you're not happy, what's the point of selling the business? And the triggering event that we had that led to the eventual sale of our business was about uh, four years prior to us actually selling, we had an offer that came from a local competitor and we ran through some of the numbers and it was just wasn't enough for my dad to actually retire. When that happens, now you've got this seed of this feedback loop in your head that says, okay, I can't keep doing this forever. I've got too much risk on the table. I don't know if I like it enough. My dad was taking a passive role in the business as I was taking it over. We had all intentions of me buying the business from him, but it was a legacy business. So there was a lot of reasons why that might not be the actual best play. So we had to seriously think about, is this something that we need to do? Is this something where we actually need to sell the business to someone else? So, at that point in time, it's all of a sudden like you cannot devote 100% of your time, energy, and passion into the business like you once could because you've now got this other option that is playing through your head going, okay, now what should I be doing? Well, on a side note, my dad was going through a lot of personal things um, in the family life and I had all this energy that I wanted to devote to the business and he was just distracted, which most business owners uh, typically get, especially after you get this option. So he's wrestling with the thoughts of, I want to be done, but here's my son, my friend, my partner, who wants to dive in with both feet forward and take over the business, but that's just going to take too long. He can't get the money up front. It's going to take over time. We need a very successful, operationally sound business in order to make that happen. And we were going through a bunch of operational changes. So now we're at this crossroads, which is, can we streamline the business and make it something that is super viable and appealing for me to buy from him or do we take all the chips off the table and move on to a different uh, chapter of our lives? Well, as those three years go through and we're dumping money into the business, we're hiring new employees, we're doing everything that we think in our head is the right move as far as how to grow a business. Well, we're spending money in the business that we probably shouldn't have been if we were planning on selling it. So again, not being tactically prepared is an issue, but then also the final triggering event came from a phone call in late part of 2013 from another lo a different local competitor after hours and it was a casual conversation, which was, hey, Corey, so when do you wanna be done? And then we proceeded to go out to dinner, have a couple beers and my dad looked at me and I could just tell he was done. He just didn't wanna do it anymore. There was too much risk on the table. He was just burnt out in his emotional life, uh, the family life, and then the business. Everybody was taking from him and he was not getting refueled by anything that was in the business. So we came to this point, which is, okay, we need to sell. And over the course of the next two weeks, we packaged everything up, we got everything ready, and we had sold the business within two weeks. 
And if you ask anybody, selling a business in two weeks is quite the accomplishment, especially when you run all the numbers, we maximized the business as much as we possibly could. However, we had to sacrifice things that we didn't know were important. And you don't know how to make a decision on something if you don't know it's a decision that needs to be made in order for you to be happy. For example, we had hired all these employees, we had gotten people on board with the new vision and the new marketing, the new branding, and there was a very good chance they weren't gonna have a position at the new company. So that was something that I personally was struggling with because these people were here because of me. And so for me to walk around for a few weeks and a couple uh, major, majorly long days knowing that they may or may not have a job was one of the most difficult emotional battles I've ever had to come through because I can't lie. So to walk into this business and just know that there's this massive issue I got to deal with was a huge struggle for me. And the other things that we needed to deal with that we didn't know were important were, what's the culture going to be like? Who are these people going to be reporting to? Are their families going to have the income? What are we going to do? Not once in that whole process did I have a moment to think about what I was going to do afterwards. And I'll tell you what, that day that, I, that they walked in and we announced to our employees was absolutely horrendous. I just didn't feel proud because I felt like we almost pulled a fast one on our employees. And I don't know how to, you know, to really describe the emotions that I felt, but after that process went and we had the essentially the handoff from the executive and management team of the buyer to our employees, my dad and I were essentially useless overnight. We have this well, I called it phantom anxiety because you go from 400 emails and you're the end all be all, you're strategizing everything, you've got the creativity to you just, you're completely useless to the new company other than a couple random questions here or there. So my dad, I know, <laughs> he, he actually ended up driving to a park and or over to the loading dock, I don't remember which one it was, and really struggling. And then for me, my wife and I went back home that night and I remember breaking down because I was like, now what? I haven't thought about what I'm going to do next. And you're wondering, okay, so if I've already had this triggering event or am I in the, I'm in the middle of it or if this has already happened, what happens? What are the steps that I should take? And who is the first person I should call? Well, I believe that if you have this triggering event, whether it's personal or it's business related or wherever that event comes from, it's about waking up that one morning and you just don't know if you want to do this anymore. You don't have the risk tolerance. You don't have the appetite. You don't have the passion. You don't have something that allows you to be the person that you originally were when you started the business. So if this triggering event has happened and you've got an option to potentially sell your business I believe that the first person you should go to is the trusted person that you want at your bedside when you have a terminal illness. If that's your wife, if that's your business partner, if that's your brother, your best friend, whoever it is where you can sit down and say, I've got the opportunity to move on to the next stage of my life. How do I process this? And then you sit down and go over what are the things in your life that have to happen in order for you to be happy. Once you understand that, you'll be able to do the give and take that's necessary before you negotiate. Then there's obviously going to be certain situations that are that are less fluid or flexible. For example, if you need a certain dollar amount in order to live and to walk away financially stable, well, then you're going to have to maybe have some give and take as far as what happens to your employees or who the potential buyers are, because if there's only one or two options, then that's the limited amount of options that you have. 
So whoever is that person that you can sit down with that knows you almost better than yourself and that knows what will hopefully make you happy, whether you've got a business or not, sit down with them and walk through these questions with them and have them give you the honest feedback that makes them the most trusted person in your life. And as you can tell, that's why this whole topic is so important to me because if I can help you avoid entrepreneurship purgatory or the white noise or the void or the just overall loss feeling after the sale of your business because you did everything you could to make yourself happy and to maximize your situation financially, I will have felt that I have made a difference because I helped someone avoid the situation that I went through. So I guess the second question comes from what happens if you are prepared? which everybody I would believe wants to be in that category because if you got to choose between being unhappy or happy after the sale of your business, everybody's going to choose the happy, satisfied, proud avenue. So what happens when you're prepared is you have thoroughly thought out all those different questions about how you want to handle the questions and the objections as you're dealing with the potential buyer or acquirer or merger of your business. So that way you have the leverage. More options equals more control equals more leverage. And again, it gives you the outcomes that you want because you have pre-planned and you know exactly where your negotiation comes from. And you know what's going to make you happy at the end of the day because you've thought about it. And it's not just about getting your number because there there are many times when your number might actually be maximized, but you're you're actually risking going against what you said you want and what's important for you. For example, if you know that you can get more money from the potential acquirer because you're going to fire half your staff, but those people are near and dear to you, their family, their friends, you're responsible for all those different families' income, you might choose to not take as much money because instead you want to do an ESOP instead of selling to a local competitor. Or if you know that you need your money now and you're not capable of working for someone else, then don't take that earn out and instead figure out who you could sell to that'll give you the money up front and not do the earn out. Again, it's about having options and have thought about this prior to that triggering event. So if you have a personal triggering event that happens and you're not able to have the time of exploring all the potential acquirers, have explored the different ups and downs or the the pros and cons of who it is that's going to be buying that, you're going to be forced into making a decision and sacrificing some of the things that you said were non-negotiable up front. This is all about eliminating you having to negotiate on what you think are the top priorities when you sell your business. So I've focused a lot on the mental situation being prepared for the sale of the business, but there's so many things tactically, mechanically that you can do within your business and the operations That'll also set you up so you can maximize the value of your business. And we're going to explore that a lot more in future episodes. Uh, There's things called the value builder system. There's a lot of different KPIs and mechanics and processes and operational efficiencies that you can put into place in order to make sure that you have that maximized value, the maximized dollar amount. And again, that's just as important as the emotional side, but realistically when you ask someone are you happy about the outcome of the sale of your business they're all going to come down to the fact that they walked away proud about how the whole thing went down they feel like everybody was treated fairly they feel like the number reflects something along the lines of what they deserve because of all the work that they put in over the course of their the business history 
So how do you know if you're mentally and mechanically prepared for this triggering event? I don't know if anybody ever really thinks that there's a 100% guarantee that you're going to be ready for when it happens. I mean, there are definitely plenty of serial entrepreneurs out there that like to create businesses and those businesses act more as an investment or a product of them. There's this boundaries that they set up with them and their business between their employees and between their identity, which allows them to take a lot more of an objective perspective on the actual exit out of that particular business. So I believe that there's three things that'll help you be as prepared as you possibly can for whatever that triggering event is. The way that we kind of look at this is a, is a triangle or a pyramid and the first layer being the personal, the personal life plan. You know what you want from life, why you want it, what drives you, what makes you happy, what makes you passionate, what are the table stakes in your personal life that are non-negotiable. Then the second one is having an actual financial plan that says, this is the number that I'm going to need for my business in order to live the life that I want and to be secure where my family will not have anything to worry about, where my estate, my taxes, and all of my personal finances are in order. Once you've got all of that put together, then you know what you're going to have to get from your business. Because if you don't have that put together, then how do you know what you want from your business and why? So once you know where you stand in the first two layers, then you can sit down and you can build a business plan that maximizes the value of your business and that accomplishes the different areas of the sale of the business, which is understanding what happens to your employees and why, who you potentially might sell to and why, when you might do that, what are the things that have to happen in order for you to walk away happy. And then the, the last and the fourth uh, top level of that pyramid is then you get to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, and you're happy because you've got a different identity outside of your business and you have a purpose outside of your business and a passion that still allows you to wake up and bounce out of bed just like you did when you first started the business. In the next episode, I'm gonna go through the different steps that I wish I would have taken and what I think is necessary to take in order to build the plan, assemble the right team, and be prepared so that way when that triggering event happens, you've got more control, more options, and then you walk away happy because you were the one that drove the whole process. Mm -hmm.